0: It's Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe Calling. So, very good day everybody. Welcome to our podcast for the third of uh, March. 2023 just a little bit out of sync with the times uh, and the days but uh doesn't make any odds we still have the quality and i'm looking out on a wintry sort of day but we do have a uh, lot of nice sunshine a bit nippy if you're caught out with um, maybe not taking all the, uh, the layers you need but otherwise nice day let's go due west for about half an hour and find uh, out how, how Terry is and uh, what's your weather like Terry
1: nice I'm just looking at my office it's a uh, nice blue sky sunset but uh, I must admit this morning it felt like about minus one I was up in the in the mountains behind me on a, on a project that we have up there and it was uh, certainly a bit fresh but then you know come about 11 o'clock the sun comes round nicely and you start peeling the layers off yeah, and come about three o'clock you start putting them back on again
0: yeah, so. yeah. okay well uh, we'll crack on and um, I'm looking for some stories for Spain and we found something which um, I'm not going to say I like but we'll see what you think okay Okay, so the Spanish Parliament uh, Thursday of this week approved legislation expanding abortion and transgender rights for teenagers while making Spain the first country in Europe that will entitle workers to paid menstrual leave. Uh, The driving force behind the two laws was the Equality Minister Irene Monteiro, who belongs to the left-wing party Unidas Podemos and the junior member in a government coalition led, of course, by the Socialist Party, the PSOE. The changes to sexual and reproductive rights means that 16 and 17-year-olds in Spain can now undergo an abortion without parental consent. Period products will now be offered and free in schools and prisons, while state-run health centres will do the same with hormonal contraceptives and the morning after pill. The menstrual leave measure allows workers suffering debilitating period pain to take paid time off. In addition, the changes enshrine in law the right to have an abortion in a public hospital. Big changes. Uh, Currently more than 80% of termination procedures in Spain are carried out in private clinics due to a high number of doctors in the public system who refuse to perform them with many citing religious reasons and under the new system public hospital doctors won't be forced to carry out abortions provided they've already registered their objections in writing. The abortion law builds on legislation passed in 2010 that represented a major shift for, of course, uh, what is a traditionally Catholic country. And this now is transforming Spain into one of the most progressive countries in Europe on reproductive rights. Spain's constitutional court last week rejected a challenge by the right-wing Partido Popular, the popular party, conservatives, if you like, against allowing abortions in the first 14 weeks of pregnancy. Uh, So these are really quite major changes, and I think it would have been wrong for me not to even look at this. Um, But, you know, there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of news to even look at in a lot of Spanish um, situations. But uh, big changes, Terry, and um, bypassing the parents. So any thoughts on this one?
1: Difficult one, Vince, isn't it? Uh, kids at 16, they're a little bit older than they were a few years ago. Um, hopefully, they are um, mentally able to to make these decisions. Um, I really would like to think that a 16-year-old girl could talk to her mum uh, uh, before making the decision. But what, the, the alternative being what? Stay pregnant have a baby, and completely changed my life. Unfortunately, um, abortion has become a form of birth control in in some cases, Uh, even though, well, the pill completely radicalised and revolutionised my my teenage years, that's for sure, there's no doubt about that, happy days. Um, But uh, I'm just wondering what the figures are of uh, abortions and unwanted pregnancies today compared to what they were fifty years ago. Sixty years ago. Uh would be interesting to see, you know, whether whether kids gotta call them kids, uh are not using birth control and trying their luck and whoops, oh god, I got present, It's all right, I got pregnant, I thought I'd just take a pill and get rid of the baby. That uh, that is um it doesn't sit well but oh God forbid there but by the go by the grace of God go all of us I would imagine. Um it happens and it's a decision that has to be made. But theoretically, it's a decision that has to be made before, before the, uh, before the act, before you get pregnant. you got to think, if I do get pregnant, what do I do? Rather than suddenly have this decision thrust upon me, oh, I'm pregnant, what do I do? I better have an abortion. Uh, something that should be thought about before accidents happen, we all know. Um, am I in favour? I have to be. I have to be. Well, I do like to think that maybe some of these girls or most of these girls will be able to talk to their mum about it. Might not be able to get far with the dad, but they should be
0: able to talk to the mum. I think the um, th- this has become more important to me as I've got older because now I have got more uh, experience of lots of things in life, and I've got grandchildren. So obviously, I'm thinking of the fact that if we had parents making that sort of decision about you and I, we wouldn't be having a conversation now because we wouldn't exist. And so it no, really sure. yeah, it brings to me a lot more of the uh, intense um, thinking that needs to be done around these type of issues because, quite frankly, uh, you're not speaking with St. Vincent or anything like that. Um, like a lot of young people, it takes a while for us to grow up. However, um, y- you know, I know that uh, the... The annoying thing, probably, more than anything else, is the majority of young men probably don't think enough about this anyway. Um, And, you know, usually it's the lady that gets left holding the baby, pardon the expression, but that is the fact of life. Um, You know, I think when it came to the, um, the, the time off for the problems with period pains, I think anybody with any sort of decency would understand that one because I think any girl going through those sorts of problems, um, you know, sometimes you know that a particular person has got really, really bad problems in that area. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you know I, had a, I had a member of staff and uh, she, bless her, stop. She, she worked her way through it. But, you know, very rarely would she have any time off but uh, she was suffering badly, and she ended up having a hysterectomy. But um, she, she did suffer, bless her. So some don't, some just sail through it. It's not a problem. Others do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it has to be recognised. How do you work with it? I don't know. That's the trouble. You know, if I've got a, a factory of, of, of 100 women, now wait a minute, you just do the maths on this here a minute. How many, how many days am I going to lose a month mm-hmm. with those women? In other words, do I need to employ temporary staff? uh to come in or what have we got to do uh, periods do happen on a regular basis so then what i have to inquire as to when when my staff's periods are where the dates are so i can try and pre-plan when you're not going to be there obviously all women aren't going to clock time off that's for sure we're talking about the, the 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 few um women that do really have a hard time uh but, but it has to be worked on um you know, ditto menopause uh, with the menopause, I think what they should do is bring a law in where men can actually work more hours to keep out of the house a bit longer. So uh, mm. just to give them a bit of a respite.
0: Very, very difficult area because uh, you you don't realise the implications until you're embroiled in the problem. And I think that's the uh, the same can be said, really of the fact that, you know, uh, young men, they obviously uh, do what they do. And then, um, you know, there are too many that go missing and uh, don't pick up their responsibilities. So let's move next to transgender rights under the same uh, article that I was reading and a separate package of reforms also approved by lawmakers on Thursday strengthened uh, transgender rights, including allowing any citizen over 16 years old to change their legally registered gender without medical supervision. Uh, minors between 12 and 13 will need a judge's authorization to change while those between 14 and 16 must be accompanied by their parents or legal guardians so um we really aren't getting away from this transgender issue whether we like it or not um it would appear that uh you know, for this very small number that we um, seem to be looking at, uh, no matter what happens, it's going to mean that obviously um, there will be certain people, despite the things that I'm reading in the press, which show me that a uh, couple of years on, and they obviously will be regretting what's going on. Um, and again, it's another difficult area, but look, look, we we've, we've come through life without this problem, Terry. Um, or at least... It's uh,
1: pathetic, it- Vince. It's pathetic. Um, very sorry for these people that do exist. Uh, there aren't millions and millions, as they're trying to crack on There are. are a very tiny percentage. Uh, I do personally know people who who are, have become, how do I I should say have become homosexual. Um, no, I've chosen to be homosexual because they can't hack it in a heterosexual world. I do know two people like that. And they openly admit it. They're quite happy um, batting on the other wicket. But it's not for any other reason other than they just can't seem to make it in the heterosexual world. Um, my problem, obviously, in the future is going to be if I've got 20 blokes on a building site and they all decide that uh, uh, they're going to be women this month, then they're all going to lock off for four or five days. Now, what am I going to do then? You know, if they'll claim they've got menopause problems, tongue in cheek. But it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not been thought out. It's something that needs to be perhaps recognised in a more general way. But that's it. Otherwise, you're going to be... What have they said now? was in the Isle of Man, there was a class in the Isle of Man. They said uh, the teacher was given a sex list and said, was arguing with the children when they said how many sexes are, and the kids say two. No, he said there's 73.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. This is is a teacher. Now, um, actually, it was a teacher who brought in his transvestite mate into the Mm -hmm. class. Yeah. And I uh, and then told them about how, uh, how uh, women can have, have their sex changed, how men can have their sex changed, and all sorts of things, uh, to the point that now on the, on the Isle of Man, they have banned all sex education because of one class. So why wasn't this sorted out in the first place? What I'm getting at, Vince, and in a long story, is that it's got very, very silly, extremely yeah. silly. The whole lot has got, become tainted, twisted, blown out of all proportion, we are looking at a very, very small amount, number of people. Get on with it. If you want to be a bloke, you want to be a woman, just do it. It's not a problem. You've not got to start creating 73 more, more toilets, uh, umpteen and legging more more churches because they won't accept them and because they won't get married, they need to get married uh, and, and be recognised officially, etc., etc., etc. I'm not having it. I'm, I'm not having it. Just get on with it. Enjoy yourself. We're born. You're born with a meat and two veg, or you're not. Uh, you're born male or female, if somewhere along that line you decide, you know, oh, I decide I'm, a, I'm, I'm born an Aston Villa fan because my dad was and my granddad was, but I actually want to support Man United, God forbid, then I should be allowed to do that. But I haven't got to go out and and, and, and have uh, a, a whole new establishment built around me by the fact that I've changed my my allegiance from Aston Villa to Manchester United. Uh, no, you just do it. I think and it's... Enjoy
0: life. I think there's a bit more, um, I think it's a very devious thing that's going on. And I think that the clue to really understanding how people are being manipulated more, if you look at a TV program coming from England at the moment, uh, look at the way the adverts are. Now, the adverts have been changing very subtly over the last six months and uh, we have all sorts of uh, families first of all it was almost totally uh, a black country according to the advertising that was being shown uh, now we've got uh, more multicultural families in the UK than probably anywhere else in the world which is rather weird and now suddenly uh, we have all sorts of people who don't really identify quickly under a, uh, a gender uh, you, you have to look very carefully and you'll see the subtlety like for example uh, you'll get things that were happening during the war when they had subliminal stuff in the in the um, theatres and, and the uh, cinemas uh, so you'll see two blokes kissing in the background and you're not too sure whether it's two blokes but then next time you look you will see and two women likewise and now We have the transgender people coming into the advert, so I think that realistically, you can see there is tremendous manipulation. Um, It brings annoyance with it because certainly you don't really feel that ninety-eight percent should change for two percent. I don't think it makes any sense.
1: Not even two percent. I agree entirely. Absolutely agree entirely. It's absolutely pathetic. Absolutely ridiculous. We shouldn't even be giving airtime to it. We shouldn't even be discussing it. Uh, recognize it by all means i've got a problem with that but okay i'm not a bit rammed down my throat what goes behind i'm behind everybody's doors is their own business every family every couple what goes on behind their doors is their business and their practice they don't need to have official recognition on three streets from three streets further down that what they're doing in their house is different to what they're doing in the other people are doing in their other houses mm. it's it it is what way it is. Life is wonderful. Enjoy it. Get on with it. Stop complicating it.
0: OK, Terry, we'll move on and uh, we'll go to uh, this one. OK, it is difficult to find um, anything other than... <laughs> The sort of things that are dominating the papers at the moment, um, and this time it's something slightly different. With a passenger who asked a man to swap seats so he could sit next to his wife, has sparked a sparked furious debate about airplane. Etiquette. After being told no, uh, Melbourne couple Jay Coloss and his wife Zoe were separated in the business class section of a virgin flight after being unable to book two adjoining seats. She sat on the window while he sat on the aisle in the same row on the opposite sides of the plane. Uh, Mr. Class, uh, in a TikTok video with the captain, um, Am I in the Wrong? explains how he wandered over. And politely asked if he could change seats with the traveller sitting next to his wife. Uh, hey, would you mind moving so I could sit with my missus? It's her birthday. Uh, Mr Kloss says and he just looks at me and he doesn't respond. Um, it's a difficult situation actually and I've seen things in the plane which normally get resolved very, very quickly. You know, it doesn't seem to have to go to any heated discussion, third party or anything else. It's almost like we're losing the ability to get on with each other in any situation
1: whatsoever at the moment. Um, What do you think of this one? Well, I mean, especially talking business, you're talking about a lot of bloody money for a seat, Vince. Mm -hmm. And if you've actually picked that seat out that's the one you want, then, lo and behold, that's what I'm going to be sitting in. So when the couple come up and ask me, and say, do you, do you mind if you change? I don't see a problem with that. Obviously, I'll change a step. But if I'm thinking, no, hang on, this is the seat I wanted. This is what I planned. I've got a tedious trip to, uh, to get over with. And uh, I'm staying where I am. And for whatever, however long the business flight was or whatever, it might have been 12 hours. It might have been six hours. I don't know. Surely the, the way husband and wife can sit apart for a couple of hours.
0: It's, it it a bit pathetic to me I, I the only thing i can understand is if you're if you are travelling on a plane there is all that always that element of oh supposing something happens and so i understand why the question should be asked uh, but it's like any question if you you ask a question and somebody politely says no i'm i'm sorry but you know i do want to sit here uh, then i don't see a problem with that answer quite honestly
1: right no. But, but, but it's it, it, you have a right to sit where you want,
0: and not Simple as that. Yeah. OK, uh, back to Spain for the next one. Let's go to this one. OK, Spain's move to snub the budget uh, British tourist in search for the Upmarket holidaymaker is causing misery for residents in Majorca and Ibiza, who are now forced to live in vans because they can no longer afford soaring rental prices. Uh, I'm reading this; I'm not making it up. Locals from the Balearic Islands said they'd been left wondering how they would survive and afford to rent or buy properties amid increasing prices that have been driven by a shift towards upscale tourists who can afford more expensive properties. People are now looking at how to survive, says Rona Pineda, 32-year-old who shares a two-bedroom apartment with a couple in Mallorca. If you have a nominal sorry, a normal salary, it's very difficult to find a place to live nowadays. The comments came after the director of tourism for Mallorca, Lucia Escribano, declared her industry chiefs are not interested in having budget tourists from the UK as the island attempts to rebrand itself from a destination for cheap drinks and beach parties by limiting the number of UK tourists. This move away from the budget British tourist and towards upmarket visitors from the likes of France, Italy and the Netherlands has meant that rental costs and housing prices have skyrocketed. Well, we certainly know a little bit about this. Uh, you, of course, have lived here far longer than my um, mere 20 years. So um, what's your take on this one?
1: It's horrendous, Vince. Uh, I-, I couldn't believe it. I read some statistics just a, a few weeks back. Uh, it was an article in one of the Spanish papers uh, saying about the cost of renting, a, renting properties here in Spain. And in the last year, it's gone up 38% in, in Madrid. I think it's something like 28% here. Increase in rents. Now, this is, doesn't mean to say that your, your, your property, your renting, has gone up 28% in Alicante from last year to this. It means new, new stuff that comes on the market. Is now being pitched at these prices. Obviously, if you've, you've got a contract, you've got a contract. But new stuff is being pitched at these prices now—horrendous prices. Why? People can't afford to buy a house. So <laughs> the laws of supply and demand means I have a house, therefore I have control. Therefore I can charge whatever the hell I want. And couple that with uh, the increased cost of living costs that we've got at the moment—electricity, etc., gas, uh, food. It's a horrendous problem for, for all concerned, and I can fully understand what's going on in Mallorca, and you can multiply that right across Spain. It is horrendous. It really is, I don't know, unfathomable how how that can be allowed to happen. See, there isn't any really council, any sort of council houses in Spain. Yeah. Um, and that's really what I think, if the government got any brains in their head, they've got to start looking at that now. Uh, it's a good investment for them because I mean the building industry, industry which I'm in is 100 percent flat out at the minute, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> of course, I'm going to be flat out. If people realise that they can get massive rentals for a property, then they're going to want me to build as many properties as I can for them. But I think it's something that Spain should should be looking at, and very very quickly because uh, you're just going to you're just going to lose the, the kids of Spain are just going to bugger off. To be honest with you. I mean, I've got four kids, but none of them are, None of them live in, in in Spain. Actually, one of them just coming back now. So because because she's, she's paying paying a fortune for for, for rents in uh, in London where she is. But it, but, but um, if the, basically it's the price of the kids out of the market.
0: Yeah, if the tourist uh, officers in these places are trying to take everybody up markets then it really also seems to imply that they're having a target against the British budget tourist. Um so that
1: seems to be uh, maybe No I don't I don't. no it's just money pins. It's just money. Well let me and, give and, let me and, give and you a perspective. If, if Mallorca's always full and these places are full anyway. And if they're always full then always will be full. But no but what yeah it's not I mean, <laughs> i not many. I don't know what percentage is actually rent property when they go on holiday. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking at budget British tourists, they they want the cheapest hotel they can get their head down in, uh, in, in the result of their choice. So I don't think I don't think that's that's the market that's been affected. on for one minute. Well,
0: that's the area that the paper seemed to have headed in.
1: So let me. Look. Well, what paper? What paper was that? Um, was it a British paper?
0: Oh yeah, I always look at British papers. Uh, oh, no, but, well, well, but you s- just answer
1: the question. No, sp- Spanish <laughs> what their biggest market is These British tourists. Yeah, so but, of course they're going to dedicate the article to it. Yeah, but, but they are written.
0: Terry, they are written by people that live here, so I think that authenticates that there are other ways to look I really at this. Don't
1: think that, I personally don't think that would affect the market at
0: all. OK, well, let's just see. I'm going uh, over to a little bit later in the article, and this might sort of throw a bit more in. France's National Tourism Development Agency said in a recent statement that the British market is always a priority and we must work tirelessly to reinvigorate the flow of tourists towards France. Portugal has decided to dismiss EU laws that prevent UK visitors from using e-passport gates due to Brexit to speed up airport waiting time and facilitate the arrival of British holidaymakers. Other European travel hotspots are keen to keep the Brits coming too. At the World Travel Market 2022 Expo uh, in November, uh, Greek Tourism Minister uh, Vasilis. Kiki Lass said more than three million British travellers had visited that year and declared the country was keen to continue bringing more tourists. And Turkish tourism buses have also been frank about their desire to boost the number of incoming Brits having enjoyed record numbers of visitors from the UK in 2022. Some in Spain are also concerned about the potential loss of British year. Uh, Mesa de Turismo, a non-profit group representing Spain's tourism industry, uh, says it could pose a major problem for the country if the EU presses ahead with the charge which would see non-EU visitors forced to pay €7.20 six pound it is actually. Um, the rate called the European Travel Information and Authorization system will be applied to those visiting the Schengen area from November. Describing the tax as a threat, Mesa de Turismo said it risked undermining Spain's tourism sector and these ETIAS documents will apply to visitors from uh, 63 countries including Britain outside the European Union and it was first confirmed by the EU in august 2021 now i think there's a bit of possibly what you were talking about in the early part of your comments there is or there have been other articles as well which seem to want to be taking i think i was reading uh tenerife or lanzarote was one area uh, where they specifically said we don't want any more uh, brits we don't want them and you know, you do wonder why that would be the political. Uh, it, or the the impl- implication would be that either there's not enough money coming in, or there's a lot of problems. So, is it a bit of both? Do you think?
1: Have you travelled on Ryanair lately? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but take take and share and share your wonderful experience with, with half a dozen uh, stag doos and hen parties. Um, it's big money. But, my God, what a big aggravation. I mean, we all like a bloody good time, obviously, but, I mean, it's awful these people pile, pile themselves onto a plane come out of their brain half the time and then carry on drinking and become completely obnoxious. Um, wonderful, thank you very much, Ryanair. But it's, it's, um, you can't blame some some areas from, from not wishing to uh, encourage British tourism, in, in inverted commas. It's a certain element of, of, of tourism from Britain. Um, but you make it cheap, they will come. And that's certainly with Benidorm. Uh, it was made cheap, so it, it's 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 paid the price ever since. Benidorm should have been the prime resort in the whole of the Mediterranean. It's got everything you can ask for. It's huge, it's flat, the beaches are safe, they're massive beaches, the sea's wonderful, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. But it pitched itself at the cheap end of the market to grow quick. And that's a massive mistake that they, they, they did in there. They're forever paying for it, forever paying for it, but it's it's, and that's depends on the flight you're getting. So obviously going to Alicante to Bandon, you are gonna you can can well get a bit of upset on the flight. So if 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 you want to start deterring certain areas of tourism, I can understand it.
0: I really can. Well, I think it, it, it ebbs and flows for me because I can remember when I went from Britain to do a season in Tenerife and of course uh, people were telling me oh well you know uh, Benidorm used to be awful but they've changed it now and it's going to be a heck of a lot better more family orientated and uh, then of course between well between 2020 and uh, 2023 something has changed again now does that indicate that it was a change of politics at the town hall or what do you think
1: no it's 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 very easy you 've got a board outside your bar saying uh, San Miguel, one euro a euro a pint for a for for a beer and then, then it goes all round Facebook very quick Dorm, this certain bar there they 're all doing euro a pint. everyone piles down to the bar, so what are the other bars going to do they 're just going to have to drop their pants and drop and drop everything down with it all the prices with it yeah to try and stay in business but that, that's happened when I was when I had clubs and bars in in, in Dorm back in in the seventies and eighties, uh, it was happening then. But good God, there, there was there must be ten times more establishments there now than, than, than when I was there. But we 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 had a we had a, a business where we we, we concentrated on, on on giving bloody good service and, and a great time for the clients, and we charged for it. I, we never ever practiced uh, cheap sales, but everybody else around me was because they couldn't supply the service that we were giving. But it's 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 awful. Uh I, I remember Christ where we now? I'll go down a bit in nineteen eighty two. I remember about twenty years later going through Bendor, which is very rare for me. I live ten minutes away. But if I go into Baindorm once a year that I mean I'm not exaggerating, that's it. And I was looking at breakfast prices and I'm going, Hang on, we we were charging we were charging that twenty years ago. <laughs> it. So there is no profit to be had. So you're you're attracting everything for the wrong reasons. Like I said, Benny Dorm should have been the best resort. It's been completely been mismanaged from day one, from day one.
0: Okay. But well, how do you
1: do it? You can't, you can only do it by making quality establishments and creating that. And by shutting down the the, 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 the rough end, of the, the I'll say the cheap end, not necessarily, but we all know where the rough places are in Benny Dorm. And frankly, there's far too many of them. But that's, and, and so it, it, it puts off families and, uh, and, and a lot of people from coming to Benidorm and attracts the, the people that are filling up my Ryanair flight next time I go to England, which is in two weeks' time.
0: Okay, uh, let's go to the schools in Britain next, which is something which um, you might not have read, but whichever way, we'll see what we think. So this one is about so-called tick-tock protests and they've continued to rock Britain's schools as hundreds of pupils rebelled against teachers over new rules such as the introduction of unisex toilets. Uh, some of the videos are urging pupils in other schools to launch their own protest. The social media trend appears to be uh, spreading with children in Southampton, Blackpool and Essex staging demonstrations in the past 24 hours that were posted on that platform. Uh, The previous week, protests took place in Cornwall and Lincolnshire and Yorkshire, with videos of pupils taking a stand against uniform and toilet policies circulating online. The demonstrations appeared to be arranged over apps popular with the youngsters such as TikTok and Snapchat, with some clips attracting Millions of views. Uh on Lounge uh, found videos with comments from pupils at other schools asking how could they emulate the protests at their school amid fears the trend is sweeping the nation. Now, I've got a couple of comments. Uh, Mr. X says, I imagine they're reacting to the general state of the nation. They're not stupid. They'll have noticed the parents struggling and the doom-laden articles in the news, coupled, of course, with the modern trend for poor leadership to attempt to solidify their grip on control with fair, sensible polities, but with a multitude of petty and vindictive rules designed to control people at the micro level, something which exists just as in government, local and national, as it does in schools. What's the old saying? Weak leaders make hard times and then phantom x um says please they are standing up for themselves they have more spirit and courage than the adult public who are sedate about the total uh, totalitarian grip our government and globalists have on them if you aren't aware yet every aspect of your life is controlled manipulated and monitored learn from current events and the last decade especially the longer we take to bite back now the harder it will be to reverse it may already be too late so, your thoughts on the TikTok protests, were you
1: aware of them? Vince, I never thought I'd ever say this. Well, I'm actually starting to agree with your sentiments of uh, interference from other nations. Uh, ex- that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the interference from other nations into the, the structure of our society by manipulating the social media and getting into the heads of kids. Uh, and, and then it spreads like wildfire, doesn't it? it, it how do you stop it? And how do you stop it? Do you now have to start sending the police in and clamping down on on, on the kids and batting them down, Uh, talk to them nicely, saying you'll be manipulated? I don't know. Uh, This is a new thing, and I'm very concerned as to where it's going to to end, how far it's going to go. It really is, uh, it's, it's small now, but I can see this getting out of hand, and if it doesn't get slapped on very quickly, it really will get out of hand.
0: It reminds me of the, uh, I think it was called the Summer of Discontent, which spread around the Mediterranean, if you remember. And when I look at some of the things that the school kids are protesting about, I actually think the school kids are right. I just think it's totally wrong the way this is being done. Uh, the first thing that, that uh, springs to mind is why all these children have suddenly got their phones and can walk into school and, you know, Maybe it's all organised before they get to the school. But there were a couple of things that caught my eye. One, uh, the schools were trying to regimen the the times that people could go and have um, maybe a pee uh, during the classroom uh, teaching time. I understand that. It is annoying when you're trying to give a lesson and kids are are moving in and out. But I still think that the teacher should be able to handle that. The one that I really thought was terrible was a school where uh, uh, they're asking the girls to show a red card when they're on the periods.
1: (laughs) God, And and I think that is just, it's just Uh, awful. who, Who the bloody hell thought of that one? Get a rope. String him
0: up well I think it goes to your uh, previous comments I think that's exactly what the w- the way I feel about it. I've felt about it for so long it's it's not it's not as though really uh, this is new to me I could see it coming i I'm not trying to be clever or score any points I really have felt so strongly about this and you could see as a teacher that if your kids are not being controlled. They're going to grow up obviously out of control. The parents themselves—they're out of control, which is probably why there's some of this has leaked uh, leaked over to the tourism sector, where some of the tourism leaders are thinking, "Well, we don't want that sort of behaviour uh, to come and permeate into our society." So, uh, I think it is. I think it's a very, very well thought-through uh, series of things that
1: um it's a weapon vince it is the, the weapons it, look what's happening in look what's happening with russia and ukraine ukraine are at war with an invading army from russia being uh, and ukraine is being supported by the rest of the world the bulk of the rest of the world certainly by europe and united states and but how how is ukraine being supported well certainly um latterly have been receiving weapons and is about to get some tanks and maybe even get an aeroplane. You never know. But the original idea of defending Ukraine was economical, was putting economical pressure on Russia. Well, that worked out well, didn't it? Because it's it's a dog that come and bit all our backsides. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think anybody thought that one through. Um, it's <laughs> you know, there's no winner in an ice kicking contest. It's it's. Uh, It's shocking that, um, but but is it working? It's shocking what what the the Europe and the Western world did uh, to try and put pressure on Russia. Shocking the point of view that it hasn't actually worked, has it? And I don't think it will work. But it has come and and, and wrecked us all. But it's 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 it's, it's the way of the world. It's you know, fifty years ago we'd have been putting our camouflage. uh, Uh, suits on and getting out there and grabbing a rifle and going out to do battle but now it's 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 it works other ways and so the fight back simple fight back will be get the kids to write in the schools it's very easy one bloke instead of having an an army of men trying to do a battle you can have one bloke with a computer can start hacking into things and getting into social media and spreading discord and crap and lies uh, and feeding the kids that that will believe anything frankly um, and and, and the parents, you've got, got riots on your streets and in your
0: schools. I, I, and the parents, because I think the parents are equally bad. But what I see is that if you look at the, the papers as we do on a regular basis, yeah. you can clearly see that they're trying to take parts of the establishment bit by bit And have a go, you know, it might be the church this week, it might be the police this week, it might be uh, the fire service the next week, it certainly is the teachers, and we've got everybody going out on strike, we've managed to get the health service out. In fact, I'm going to take us next to an eminent NHS consultant. So this one I found very interesting. See what you think. OK, the music there to clear our thoughts as we look at an eminent NHS consultant. Now, this guy has been found with more than a 100 abhorrent and perverted images of children on his phone. But having got those, he's been spared jail. He's a plastic surgeon. Funnily enough, you might get the irony from the name Mansoor Khan, was deemed a pillar of society and coached a girls rugby team. But, of course, led a double life. He downloaded an anonymous browser and accessed sites on the dark web to download dozens of the most revolting photos of children as young as two. This was what the court was listening to. When police uh, followed a digital trail from Snapchat account and arrested him, the 54-year-old father of four claimed he wanted to protect his children from what they might find and was doing his parental responsibility in accessing the dark web. Khan appeared at Salisbury Crown Court Wiltshire after being found guilty at a five-day trial of three charges of making indecent photos of a child. He was spurred an immediate prison term for the offence between December 10th 2020 and August 24th 2020 when he was working at Salisbury District Hospital and the University Hospital in Southampton. He walked free after a judge was told there was every reason to believe he would never appear before a court again and had led a life which hugely benefited his community including coaching the rugby team. Khan's trial heard he used encrypted sites to mass- uh, message others, accessed the dark web anonymously and repeatedly accessed child pornography on his mobile phone. I'm amazed with this one. What do you think?
1: I'm disgusted, mate. Absolutely disgusted. Do you know what I'm disgusted with? I'm well, not disgusted so much with the bloke because he's, he's one of many. I'm disgusted with the type of judge that somehow... Uh, Are getting these positions of of, of our trust to to look after us, protect us from these individuals, and they are failing miserably. They are not protecting us. In fact, quite the opposite. They are encouraging these these individuals to to, to carry on with uh, doing what they're doing because there there is no. It's just well. It's beyond words, mate. It, it's beyond words. I, I really get annoyed thinking about, but the 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 the, the, uh, the, the judge system uh, that we have in the UK uh, and probably other countries as well. But uh, to have um, sentences or lack of sentences or very very minor sentences handed down, and then and then uh, all of a sudden there'll be the opposite. There'll be something about thirty-six years, of some sort of tax evasion, or something. It's it, where are the rules that govern what our judges can do? They're obviously too wide, too wide a span. Uh, and then they're releasing, they're releasing terrorists onto the street. There's people getting parole. There's cold-blooded murders, and murderers about to come out. The bloke who bludgeoned his wife fourteen yeah. times with a claw hammer, having dug a grave a few weeks before to put a body into. Then went and killed her when in the house and the kids could hear it all happening. Then took the body from his wife and then took the body and down to his pre-prepared dug grave he drug a few weeks back, dropped her in it, covered that over and then put his hands up to manslaughter when, when he was... Ca- manslaughter? Hang on, what's murder? Oh, that's premeditated. It's not digging a hole. <laughs> digging a grave two weeks ago for your wife. Is that premeditated? No, he got manslaughter. So you put him down for 26 years, fair enough. But he's coming out in in this this autumn, apparently, this guy. After 13 years, he's only going to serve half his sentence. He's up for parole. But again, it's this nonsense... uh, He should be hanging off the end of a rope,
0: Look, Terry, uh, I think um, both of us feel really strongly about this one. But I I feel that this is happening now so frequently, it's almost like, uh, it's a bit like the equivalent to the VAR system in the football, because quite frankly, the whole world can see what happens, and the referee then gives you a totally different answer. And now, Mm. if you take that analogy and say that everybody with any sort of, um, decency would look at this story and that guy wouldn't come out of prison for about 20 years okay it might have killed anybody but just think of the, the, the what he's tried to do is one thing we don't know half the story anyway because they, they don't tell you uh, of other things that these people have done but to be actually able to tell us that he had a led a life which hugely benefited his community I'm sorry, um, these...
1: Well, Jimmy Savile was a great guy. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he never served a sentence because he never got captured until after he, was, he died and that buried him with full honours. Um, but they're I'm, I'm making a film about it, aren't they now? Um, but it, it's, um, he was a great guy up for what he did with the kids. But hang on, won't we just reword that one? What he did for kids on TV, uh, the Jim will fix it thing, etc., cetera, et cetera, Wonderful. Of course, what he did in his private library, because it's absolutely diabolical, and he should be hanging up on the end of a rope. Mm. If I'd like to dig him up and then hang him on a rope. Mm. It, it's, 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 it beggars belief, really, Vince. Um, that the judicial system has to be a deterrent. We've had this conversation many times. Yes. If it's not a deterrent, it doesn't work, does it? Of course. And, and a bloke who bludgeoned his wife 14 times with a claw hammer, having dug a, a grave a few weeks before, you can't tell me that after, that after 13 years, he's not the same man that he was then. Well, yeah, you are, mate. That's the end of it. Stay in the
0: jail. I think the thing that I can't understand more than anything is that we are led to believe that judges are people who would have uh, the ability to judge. Now, if you and I can have a sensible conversation and both of us can see quite clearly that somebody who has premeditated dug the grave and then committed the offence needs Mm. to be put behind bars for the rest of their lives then uh, we're talking rationally we're not actually um, you know going off the rails to actually come to that decision whereas this is supposed to be somebody who has got all the uh, ability which other people like us maybe are judged not to have I'm sorry I think there's something that is uh, again behind this it's almost as like there's a club and they're given instructions which don't correlate to the way that you and I and other yeah, people... Yeah, I can't
1: say that. There's too many people involved. I just think it's gross incompetence and a and lack of lack of laws controlling judges. Uh, if You've committed... I mean, it's troubling. I mean, the, the offences vary wide, widely. And a clever... If you've got the money, you're going to get a really good lawyer. And you're going to do a lesser sentence than than, than us poor buggers who haven't got any money. And we're going to serve the maximum. So again, money talks, uh, and I always think that any 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 sentence or, or fine that anybody gets should be commensurate with their, their 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 personal income. It's no good giving giving me a fine for uh, for for hundred pounds, which I had the other day for something for for a traffic offence, hundred euros. Uh, well, I'll tell you the truth, be my driving licence out of date, hundred euro fine. Um, but if I was a multi-millionaire. 100 quid, hang on, I've got this bit of small change, but yeah, it's 100 quid. It should be commensurate with, uh, all punishment should be commensurate with, with uh, what you own, put it that way, as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, again, there's there's no there's No. Deterrent. no. Uh, I, okay. don't know, I don't know, it, it all, it's all he's looking at.
0: All right, Terry, here's the next one. Okay. So over the last few years, Britain's towns and cities have been getting slowly and irreparably transformed by council zealots obsessed with driving motorists off the road, pushed through by authoritarian, Stasi-like... councilmen with green agendas many of the uk's most bustling cities have been rendered no-go zones for drivers due to new draconian regulations uh, in the latest experiment uh, cooked up by eco nutters kent's only city will be a swallowed digested spat out and carved into five new restrictive driving zones which will split locals into districts, turning Canterbury into a 15-minute city in all but name. In Oxford, frustrated drivers have assaulted pensioners after their council pushed through a trial scheme requiring motorists to pay 100-day permits to drive through new 6.5 million traffic filters on six arterial roads in the city. Should residents fail to pay their permits or be caught out, they will be liable for a £70 fine for driving on the roads their council tax contributions have paid for. Meanwhile in London, the Sadiq Khan plan to increase uh, ULEZ to all outer London boroughs facing Londoners to pay £12.50 a day to drive around has been blasted as relying on data that's complete nonsense. Do you see it as complete nonsense?
1: Absolutely. Uh, so, certainly Sadiq Khan and his ULIS system. Because nobody said boo to a goose when he when he brought his his original uh, uh, zone, clean air zone, as he called it, uh, which is just another word for tax. Don't forget King John started the tax system when he, when he invented the, the window tax. He thought, brilliant, I'm going to make a lot of money here. Every window in the land, they're going to pay me money. Yeah. So the peasants bricked up the windows. Then he invented the fire tax, get around that one. So Sadiq Khan's done the same with his, his ULEZ uh, system where people pay a, a premium for driving through the centre of London. He's now extended that to virtually the whole of Greater London, which pay, if, if you've got to pay £12 a day or £12, that's outrageous. It, it, it's ridiculous. And do not tell me it's for clean air, because it doesn't stop cars going in. It doesn't stop dirty cars going into London, And and, and he says killing children. One child died officially from, from, from smoking, uh, exhausting inhalation, etc. Um, obviously many more must have died, and it's obviously not a good thing. No one's going to say it is a good thing. But it's, it's an absolute lie to pretend that he's, in his case, system uh, of, of taxation on all vehicles to, get, to give London clean air. How does, by charging me 12 quid on my car, give London clean air Where's the money spent? Big extraction things over London. Is it sucking all the air out and and blowing in air from the countryside on big tubers? That's what's happening. No, it's not. It's filling his chest because he's he's completely overspent his budget. He always has overspent his budget. And the easiest way to get money out of people, like all governments know this, is by cars, either by fuel, either by taxation, by whatever way you want. And he's got the ULEV system, which is the the, 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 the London uh, uh, clean air zone. Yeah. And he's going to... He, he, he bought all the cameras for this, Vince. He hasn't got it through yet. But he purchased all the cameras over a year ago. Now, why would you go and purchase all the cameras over a year ago when you haven't even got permission for the system yet? I really hope that in this case now, they blow him completely out of the water and show him up for the charlatan evil... Uh, get there he is. Um, and Everybody who voted him in, now, they should really be ple- pleading... Uh, that, that they get him out again because he has done so much damage to the people of London. Doesn't affect me, I don't live there. Yeah. Doesn't affect me, I don't live there. But do you imagine living living I mean it's been bad enough you lived in the centre of London all these years, but now you're living in Harrow or wherever or Penner or wherever you want to be and now all of a sudden you, you, you fat your cars part you're gonna have to pay twelve quid to go round to Sainsbury's to go and get some shopping. Well that's all- <laughs> it's all
0: outrageous. Well, I saw that people who obviously felt like you did were boycotting or at least trying to picket against a meeting that he was at. Um, and he went on his microphone and told everybody that uh, they were all right wingers and uh, probably extremists and everything. And oh, you... this,
1: this, this is the end of him now. This is what, I'm glad you mentioned that because mm-hmm. this will finish him. Thank God. Uh, mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, I want to know why. He, he, because he knows he's been caught with his pants down, literally, by, by, by trying to commit a fraud uh, with this, uh, declaring this zone, which is purely to, 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 feed, to line his pockets, uh, to try and put money back, which is completely overspent. Uh, and he's come out with these draconian sayings that everybody was against his Nazi, his right-wing Nazi party. Literally, that's what he said. Well, that's including, of course, members of the Labour Party. They're also MPs. Uh, that are also against uh, his system. So he's calling all of them. He's made, he's made a big mistake. Now, the problem with all these people, Vince, somewhere at some point, they all start to believe their own publicity. Yeah. All the lies and publicity and they build up about themselves, when they start to believe it, i.e. Donald Trump, there's a classic one, when they start to believe it, that's when they fall down. That's when it all falls apart. Happened with Boris Johnson. Hopefully, this will be the end of Sadiq Khan and he can bugger off back to his tent wherever he comes from.
0: Okay, I've got something that uh, is a bit more on a school, but uh, with with a change, this one. Okay, so this is about a deputy head teacher in line for a payoff after he was unfairly sacked for restraining an out of control female pupil who attracted him. Clive Kitchener tried to block the path of the girl who then walked into him, hit him five times, kicked him and broke his glasses. This is an employment tribunal was listening to these details. He's 55 and he had been asked to make sure the child left the school after she had been excluded for walking out of lessons and throwing objects. Despite having been physically assaulted, Mr Kitchener was sacked from his £60,000-a-year job for gross misconduct. The chief executive of the Academy Trust, where he worked, argued that the girl could have spent the whole day at school behaving in that fashion. And physical intervention uh, would not have been justified. Mr Kitchener, a former soldier, sued the school uh, or the trust for unfair dismissal and won his claim after the employment judge ruled the school had not trained him properly on the use of force. The hearing in South London heard Mr Kitchener was working at Goodwin Academy in Kent, which is run by the Thinking Schools Academy Trust. The school has 900 s- uh, pupils aged between 11 and 18 and was noted as requiring improvement in its most recent ofsted report now having worked in schools as i did a long time ago so i'm going back to the year 2000 probably the last time i was in schools in the uk um you know stories like this were were not really totally unheard of then and the trouble is if you've got kids walking around throwing the weight around and doing what nobody seems to be able to punish them for um that's what's you know. That's what some of the teachers are, are working against day in
1: and day out. Mm. No, I can. Uh, I, I can. It happened at my school. Uh, mine was a really nice school, uh, a very nice school as it turns out. Um, and it was grammar school. It was, um, but we did have a guy uh, lad in our class who got up and punched the teacher. Um, <sighs> which completely shocked everybody. All of us at some point must have thought, I'd love to give him a bloody whack. But for somebody he had to get out of, his, out of his desk and walk up to the teacher and, and smack him right in the face, Not for what reason, I can't remember now, but he had a bit of grief with him. Um, it happened, uh, which was extremely unusual. So I, I'm going to say it doesn't happen. Uh, for it To happen at my school, uh, I would suggest it was something that was very, very rare that happens anywhere. Now, uh, does that happen anymore? Now, did you come across it more in your school teaching days? Because I'm talking, I'm talking back in the '60s. Well, certainly, so,
0: certainly, when I went uh, doing supply, um, I f- it was based around that many teachers who were off with stress, and in particular, women who were being bullied by the students. And unfortunately, mm. the staff, uh, there was no training against it. And certainly, I don't feel the schools really um, backed the teachers. But um, that was the impression I had then. And it seems, from what we've just been reading, it really looks yeah. as if it's not improved.
1: Well, you see, in, in the case I'm saying at our school, it, it was a school of, um, of high discipline. We, it would, we would never even contemplate doing something like that as a pupil. It was a a, a school of, of, we all knew what was right and what was wrong. You do anyway. You don't walk up and punch anybody uh, without good reason. But to actually do that to to, to a school, (laughs) a school teacher, uh, you know, whacking a kid in the playground might be one thing, but to walk up the length of a classroom and punch the teacher, that takes some doing. And for that to happen uh, in a school of, which in other words, it was not exactly a rowdy school that I went to. It was a very, uh, very good school and people behaved themselves, and for that to happen, I consider very rare to the point that, that's why I declared, I don't think it actually happened in most schools. So that's why it's interesting to ask you uh, how, what happened when you were in, because I'm talking about the 60s, so when you were, when you were teaching um was there any was well you, you said about stress but was there any physical violence
0: well still? put it this way uh there were times when you would actually have somebody would come up and they'd look in your eyes and try and physically um intimidate you fortunately mm. i was able to look after myself in that respect uh, but otherwise mm. for the lady teachers it was awful terry that takes us right up to the hour wow that's quick it was it gets quicker and quicker uh once again <laughs> Big thank you, Terry, and uh, thanks for See your soon. company. Catch you, Catch you next week. Thank you, Terry. Adios.